0: You're listening to LeBeau's Life Lessons, where we believe that you can change if you truly want to. Listen and take notes from our dynamic host, LeBeau Colbert. You're sure to learn something you didn't know. Remember to follow and share this message with someone you love. Now, on to the show. Welcome to Laboe's Lessons, Laboe's Life Lessons that is. We're continuing our series on inherited trauma. We're gonna reveal the truth about red flags. We're talking about red flags that have to do with inherited trauma and childhood trauma and trauma within the brain. When I say trauma within the brain, I know that it's natural to assume that I mean some type of head injury. But what would you be, uh, fascinated to know is that brain trauma does not have to occur exclusively because of a brain injury. Sometimes you are born with brain trauma. So for instance, you know, there's accidents that happen that cause us to lose our limbs, but we can also be born without limbs, can't we? In the same way, our brain can have damage to it, lesions to it, that cause us to have neurological disorders. And you may search your whole childhood and say, well, nothing happened to me. Well, it doesn't It doesn't matter because that doesn't mean that you don't have trauma just because you didn't have traumatic events happening to you. So, um, you know, let's learn about the brain and, and discover some hidden truths that can give us answers to questions about ourselves and the people around us because... Maybe you've been judging yourself too harshly or the people around you and or overlooking some of the things that are going on with them that you may not understand have to do with their brain chemistry and their brain organization and not really them, it's just something that's wrong with their brain like the person that's on my comments right now that is about to get blocked. and we are about to today go into 12 signs 12 signs that your significant other has childhood trauma or let's say 12 signs that they need therapy now I'm going to give you those signs and along with those signs, I'm going to give you my recommendation on how you should address it with the three D's, dialogue, discipline, or dissociate. Whenever you have a problem with any person, regardless of if they're a romantic partner or regardless of, you know, if they're your coworker or what type of dynamic you have with them, you have a decision. To make are you going to dialogue with this person or are you going to discipline this person or are you going to dissociate with this person and how do you know which one you should do now in, in this case we're going to be talking about romantic partners but you can apply it everywhere and so uh, you know this is why we're talking about this okay so with that being said, I'm going to start off by talking about an article that I found this morning and I felt like it's, it was right on time. So this is a Buzzfeed article that has to do with the topics we're discussing um, and it's really good and I think it's going to open a lot of eyes but then also chime in and give your opinions and thoughts and experiences in the chat. And if you're watching on Facebook and you wanna comment because some people get on Facebook and they say, "Um, am I in in the right place commenting, go to TikTok and type in my name and then you can join the conversation because I can't see what people type in on Facebook while I'm doing the TikTok live. Okay all right so we're talking about signs that you're in a relationship with someone who needs therapy but before we go into that let's talk about some signs that you have had toxic parents this may help you to understand the person you're with better but also the person you are um so this buzzfeed article is about toxic Parenting behaviors and what has been the result and how how is the person dealing with it after that and People are giving the consequences that resulted from that. Okay All right, let's see what some people have said And I believe they got these comments from reddit Someone said you are in your 40s and still crave attention and validation from anyone at all because you are ignored all the time. We've talked about this in the previous episodes and this is one way, and I I tell you guys this, mental disorders and childhood trauma is very, very loud. You just need to know what to look for, but it's easy to see if you know what it looks like and this is why it's so important to learn a person who is always trying to seek attention or they have that pick me type of mindset is a person who was ignored by their parents in childhood okay and that's why they still you know are grown adults trying to get you know as much attention being dramatic being histrionics because this is a, um, an area where they're lacking they need that validation so when you look at your pick me friend and how shady she's acting towards you you have to step back and realize that she's going out of her way to look better than you in front of males because yes pick me somebody said pick me yes um they're going out of their way to make you look bad in front of other males because they need that attention they didn't get from their own father. So in a way you feel sorry for them. It doesn't mean that you need to accept the behavior, but understand where it's coming from. It doesn't have anything to do with you actually. And that's the big takeaway from this is that a lot of the things that people do to you isn't about you. A lot of the things people do to you isn't about you, it's because of what they're lacking. Okay, So that is a result of being ignored in childhood. Someone else chimed in and said, the hardest part about this is when you really, you really weren't ignored but you weren't noticed unless you did something negative like mistakes or doing something incorrect right so you crave validation but you can't justify that you were ignored when you were young right so these parents th- it's the same effect when the parent they only paid attention to you when you did something wrong they didn't help you with homework but they got on your they got on you whenever you had bad grades they didn't come to your games but they would um yell at you if you didn't do well they would scold you and and talk down to you this is the same it's still going to cause a person who needs validation someone said glad i knew this while raising my child give her everything she needs so she won't chase it that is so true and I, i tell you guys I know you guys see it all the time in your families, you look around at your family members and you can see where so many of our elders, our aunts and uncles and our parents went wrong and how we look at our <clears throat> our siblings, our cousins, and we see, you know, we know because we saw them growing up, we saw what they went through growing up and then we see what the result is and most of the time these people are walking around saying, I'm fine, I don't need counseling, I'm good but these are the very people who need the most help. Um, Let's see what someone else said. Silent footsteps. When you grow up with parents that will yell at you for existing, you develop the ability to hide your presence as much as possible, and always try to keep your nose and visibility to a minimum. And this is so true as well. This is so true. A person who, so what they're saying is they become a person who tries to blend in and minimize their influence and impact because they just couldn't be a child. They couldn't just be themselves growing up. And you've seen those parents that are highly irritable. They act like they wish you never were born that anytime you are in their presence, they will shoo you away. Go outside. Go play. Get out of my room. Get out of here. Go, out, go clean up. Go do this and that. Just get out. I mean, you remember the days when our parents would send us outside and they wouldn't want us to come back until the streetlights came on, right? Because they couldn't be bothered. And I, That's not everybody's experience, but this is a lot of people's experience. They would send you to boarding school or send you to somewhere else. Just send you, send you, send you, right, away because they could not deal with you just being a child. And what happens, ladies, when you do this to your child is that they grow up hiding. They grow up not being their best, not shining. So you're pushing them and pushing them. Why, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? You're so talented. Why aren't you? Because you've created a person who is... Imprisoned within themselves. They're a shell of themselves because you never let them shine as a child. They couldn't be happy around you. They couldn't be sad around you. I know I'm speaking to somebody today. They, they couldn't be sad or happy around you. They couldn't ask questions. It just irritated you so badly. They grow up being that way, to be that way. Right. So, uh, Gabby, keep, keep going. I need a little bit more information. She says, I need help and have told my family I will only deal with them if they get help. I want to be free. Yeah, I mean, this is what we're talking about today. What do you do when... You have someone in your life, in this case, we're gonna be talking about significant others, but significant others, it doesn't have to be romantic. It could just be a a relative or whoever. And we're gonna look at different scenarios that that indicate, should I dissociate? And sometimes that is the case because you can't keep letting people re-traumatize you because they're traumatized. Let's go to another being surprised this this uh for those of you who are just coming in we're talking about right now before we get into our lesson we're we're talking about how to know you had a toxic parent growing up and what's the result how you can tell someone says being surprised when people apologize and want to talk it out and deal with an issue instead of screaming and pretending everything is fine and never mentioning why they there was a fight or argument at all (sighs) when i tell you this is so so powerful listen she's saying that these people grow up to to when they when they're a child and All they know is just being screamed at and being talked down to. When they get in a relationship with a healthy person, they're expected to either have the problems dismissed, ignored, or have you scream and yell at them. They don't know what to do. They don't have any communication skills. They don't know how to talk things out. So all they know is chaos and dramatics. They don't know what's healthy dialogue. So, when you try to talk things out with them they they have their head down they re they revert back to the same age mentally when this was happening to them so if when they were you know five six, seven years old, eight years old going through mom or dad screaming screaming at them and not talking with them. You'll notice that when you start to dialogue about an issue, they start shrinking down and putting their head down like a child, because they're going back to that same place emotionally, and so they don't—they don't even have the tools to communicate with you. And, and let me tell you how powerful this is. Someone says, yeah, I'm used to the fighting and not talking things out. Right. Let me tell you how powerful this is of an issue to address. Some of you want to be married, right? How do you think your marriage is going to survive? People want to know why does marriage fail. Here's one of the reasons. How do you think your marriage is going to survive if you refuse to communicate because you don't know how and you're not used to doing that? So every issue just keeps piling up, piling up, like, like um, a laundry basket. It just keeps piling up and piling up. Nothing gets dealt with. And then finally, the person just says, I'm out, I'm done, because you don't even wanna deal with this. And maybe you do, you just don't have the tools because you never learn. And that's what counseling is for. Some people, Some people will swear up and down, nothing was wrong with their childhood. Let me tell you something, when you get married, you will find out everything that was wrong with your childhood. When you get married, you will find out everything that was wrong with your childhood and your spouse's childhood. That's when it all hits the fan. And people aren't ready for that, they weren't prepared. It doesn't work out, not unless you start getting counseling early on. Let's see, let's go to another. You feel intimidated by everyone around you. You feel like you're never good enough for anyone, no matter how much they tell you that you don't need to try so hard. And you generally have low self-worth. I was watching a TikTok earlier today and this lady was saying that she was uh, in an argument with her boyfriend who who treated her crappy. and And he said, well, why are you with me in the first place? And she said, because I have low self-esteem. That's the reason why a lot of people are still married, y'all talking about people being married and glorifying their long relationship, and you don't realize the only reason why they're still together is because somebody still has low self-esteem. Somebody has long-term low self-esteem, and if they had any sense or if they were there in their right mind, they would have left a long time ago. Someone says, being... In a relationship has taught me communication skills, but I still have anger issues. Very true. I used to be against counseling, but I tried it and definitely uh, an advocate of it now. Someone said that's all I've seen growing up. And I need to get my glasses. Um, So feeling intimidated, that's a big thing. Because if you have somebody beating you down throughout childhood, what do you think that's doing to your psyche? You feel not good enough. Now, what do you think a person, what types of people is a person gonna date when they feel like they're not good enough? They're gonna date somebody that also makes them feel not good enough. They're gonna date, um not necessarily somebody that's on their level. They're gonna date somebody who makes them feel not good enough. Because people say, well, you attract you attract your own energy. No, that's not true. That's not true. Because a person of high value and high intellect who thinks they are of low value will get with somebody who treats them that way. And it'll be a complete mismatch. They're not even on the same level emotionally, spiritually, mentally, intellectually. They're not on the same level. But because that person is recreating um, and that trauma that that person is used to and they are reenacting the trauma they grew up with, that's what they'll settle for, okay? So I don't subscribe to that, that theory. Said, counseling helps with self esteem, but some people are trauma bonded. Uh huh. Someone else says, Even though I feel I had a good childhood, there are still things that had to be uncovered, of course, and discovered about self. Yes. This one young man was telling me, Not everybody needs counseling. I said, You are a black American. Just being a black American means you need therapy. Because even if nothing happened in your childhood to you, which that I don't believe that's possible, there's things that your parents said to you, there's experiences you dealt with in school, there's experiences you dealt with at the job, there's experiences that you went through in life because of your skin color that has traumatized you systematically over life. Okay. Hmm. So, let's move on to the actual lesson. Maybe we can come back to this BuzzFeed, uh, but that's a good article. Alright, so let's talk about 12 signs your mate has childhood trauma. And let's talk about what we can do. Are we going to dialogue about it? Is it an issue of discipline? Like teaching them how to treat you or is it a dissociate now this is going to be just my personal opinion based on the things I know and I experience Um, you make your own decision if you disagree say say it and say why in the comments okay the first of 12 signs that your mate has childhood trauma and needs therapy is they tease you they tease you Okay. What do you do if you have a mate that teases you? Because I guarantee you, they're teasing you because they were teased. They were either teased at home or their parent was teased or they were teased at school. And it was systematic teasing, so much so that they took it on as their personality type. Now, let's say, for instance, that let's say... Uh, I'm just gonna throw this out. Let's say that a person, any person, whether they just looked different from other people for whatever reason, and in school or at home, they were teased constantly about it. Maybe it was their hair, maybe it was their complexion, maybe it was their size, maybe it was a feature they had, but they were teased constantly about this. That person develops uh, a wall or what they call thick skin, and they start being very critical. They learn how to pick people apart as well as a defense mechanism. Now they grow up and they get with you, and they're poking at you all the time. Okay, what would you do if you had a spouse that teased you all the time? What would you do? Is it a dialogue, a discipline, or a dissociate? Let's put in the votes. Dialogue, discipline or dissociate? Anybody? There's no wrong answers. <clears throat> okay, for this one, I'm going to say that it is a dialogue and a discipline, okay? Dialogue got to talk it out and a discipline. You got to teach them how to treat you. You cannot let them do that to you if it hurts you. If it bothers you, you need to stop letting them do that. They need to learn a new way. And guess what? Neuroplasticity exists. We don't have to stay the same. Our brain can reorganize itself and create neural maps that can undo the habits that we created in childhood. So don't just accept it as, oh, that's just the way they are, that's their personality. No, babe, they can unlearn that. How do I know that? When people go to the military, they go in one way, they come out another way. They go into the military or go into war one way, they come out another way. Experiences in life changes the brain. Experiences in life change the brain consistency repetition changes the brain you're going to have to keep telling them stop calling me that stop talking down to me that's not cool if you want to be in a relationship with this person okay if they they refuse then that's another conversation you may have to make some decisions because what is that going to do to you psychologically come on now What is it going to do to you psychologically if you let your spouse keep teasing you because that's their personality? Oh, they're just joking and playing. You don't think that has an impact on you because you're an adult? Yes, it will. Someone says, someone said dialogue, they would dialogue. Someone says, ha ha, not funny, but we teased and joked each other at home and school. Doesn't work well in relationships. Had to learn that. hmm. Someone said, I left because he didn't listen. hmm. Okay, so let's go on to the second one. Number two of the 12 signs your mate has childhood trauma and needs therapy is constant guilt trips constant guilt trips okay this is a person that basically bullies you through guilt so what do you do dialogue discipline or dissociate put in your votes. dialogue discipline or dissociate and those of you who are listening in the in their car just think about it for a moment Dialogue, discipline, or dissociate. They use guilt trips. Mm -hmm. Someone said dialogue. All right, well, I'm going to say this is a dialogue. When a person uses guilt trips, it's because guilt trips were used on them. And when someone uses a guilt trip, it's really because they are panicking and they need reassurance. This is what I would do in an instance when someone is using a guilt trip. That's a panic response. That means that they're not okay right now. And it may not make them a bad person at all. It just means that right now, whatever this new change is or some type of issue is, their their trauma, they're being triggered. So their response to be a trigger is to guilt you into doing what they want because that is gonna make them calm down. So what they need is reassurance. So what you wanna do is pause, pause. You can repeat back what they said to make sure you understand them and make sure they feel heard because when people use guilt trips, a lot of times it's because they don't feel like people are listening to them, right? Okay, so make sure they feel heard and then explain why you're wanting to do what you're doing and reassure them that it won't do X, Y, and Z to them, right? Okay, because that's what they need. They feel unsure and that's why they're throwing the guilt trip. Someone, everybody else said dialogue. Yeah, and then you can also discipline which somebody else said that as well. You can dialogue with them about it, reassure them, but then also let them know, I don't like when you use guilt trips because it's unnecessary. You know my heart. You know that I love you and I want the best for you. And I wouldn't intentionally do something to hurt you. So if you feel like I'm hurting you, let me know. But don't use guilt trips because that won't work on me. Mm Mm-hmm. Someone says, yes, me too, still learning how not to do that. Right, right. It's it's a trigger response. Okay, number three. Number three of the 12 signs is you walk on eggshells around them. You walk on eggshells. Okay? You walk on eggshells. Do you dialogue, discipline or dissociate mm-hmm. see at first we were focused on the external like what they're doing to you now we're gonna start looking at the internal how are you responding to them those are signs as well not just the things they're doing but how you're starting to change because of being around them will tell you if somebody needs therapy okay You walk on eggshells around them. Do you dialogue, discipline, or dissociate from a person who makes you walk on eggshells? Come on, guys. Someone said dialogue. Why do you say dialogue? Someone else said dialogue and discipline. Can you guys give a short answer why? Uh, The question was, someone said dissociate. Someone else asked what was the question. What would you do if you you were in a relationship with someone and you felt like you had to walk on eggshells around them? Someone said you have to find the root of the problem. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, I'm going to give my answer. So my answer is, is a case-by-case basis. It can be a dialogue or it can be a dissociate. Somebody said detach. The reason why I said it could be an either-or is because of this. We know that in life things can happen. Let's say somebody just came home from war. Somebody had an accident. Somebody had been assaulted. Somebody had something traumatic happen. Somebody died in the family. So now they're so wounded, they're they're kind of messed up and they're freaking out. And that's not the time to leave somebody because you're feeling like, oh, I don't know what's gonna trigger them because they went through something right recent, right? Um, you don't want to to just leave them right okay that's one situation that's a dialogue that is a being patient and that's what marriage is for it's, that's what commitment is about but that's not always the case because if you are with somebody that makes you walk on eggshells and those things aren't present that they they just are that way that means they, they came in that way do you get what I mean? Or they develop that because of an alcohol or drug problem or some neurodegenerative disease and it's making it's abusive to you either emotionally or physically and emotionally, you need to dissociate. Because I'm never gonna tell you it's okay to be with an abusive person who makes you feel like you have to walk on eggshells because you don't know what's gonna set them off. That's not a case where you dialogue. That's not a case of discipline. That's a a case of dissociate before they hurt you physically or emotionally to a point where you're gonna be suffering for years because of what they did. Right? So case by case, when somebody makes you walk on eggshells, all right? If it's something that happened recently is different from them just being a person who's combative, mean spirited, you know, on the attack. Those you should not suffer those people. Don't suffer those people because they're gonna make you suffer. Okay. Alright, number four. Of the sign the 12 signs that you're with someone who needs therapy is. You always put on other people's, you always put other people's feelings before your own. You always put other people's or their feelings above your own. What do you do? Do you dialogue with them, discipline, or dissociate? Thanks, Jessica. Do you dialogue, discipline, or dissociate if You always putting their feelings before yours. What should you do? Someone says, I thought that was love. mm, 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 mm. I'm glad you said that. Um. listen to the other episodes no 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 we're not going to do that here love is healthy always putting somebody's feelings above your own to a point where it is hurtful to you is not healthy a lot of people because of the way they were raised because they had to be adults during childhood they had to do things they shouldn't have had to do in childhood. They suffered in ways they shouldn't have had to suffer in childhood. They grow up putting everybody's feelings above their own. That That's not boundaries. That is a, a, a person who has been traumatized and they never learn to set healthy boundaries for themselves. So saying yes all the time is not the answer doing everything everybody says and letting them walk all over you is not the answer. That is not love. Sometimes uh, love is saying no. Sometimes love is saying not now. Sometimes love is is loving yourself first so that you can be the best you for the, the people you love. So please don't ever think that you have to be a doormat in order to show love. Oh, I I know what Jesus would do he said what would Jesus do read the Bible you will see that Jesus was not a doormat See a lot of the the Jesus just as a side note how Jesus is preached today does not align with the Jesus in the Bible Okay, that's the reason why you have to read it for yourself. Don't go based on somebody else's interpretation Because one thing Jesus did not do was chase down anybody and try to force them to love them or do everything they say. Yeah, this person has an issue and it don't have anything to do with what we're talking about today. So they're getting off. Someone said, yes, I prioritize the love I wanted from others before the love I could give myself. Thanks, peace to the puzzle. <laughs> um, yeah, so yes, a lot of us have that habit based on how we grew up and how we had to take care of our siblings, we had to take care of our parents. We had to be the parent, you know, and then we grow up never ever allowing ourselves to, you know, just just be happy at peace. You know, It's, it's a prison. Okay, so anyway, what you should do, my recommendation, is when you have someone, when you are putting other people's feelings above your own in your relationship, is you need to dialogue and you need to discipline. So dialogue, let everybody know how you feel, and you have to keep reminding them until they get it. And then also discipline. Say, hey, I can do this for you, but please don't ask me all the time. Or, hey... I'm going to help you do this this time, but I need you to start doing this because I need time for myself or I need you to start taking care of your things now. Um, you know, it's always and that's why I was saying a loving no because don't you realize that when you let people run over you and use you, you're not helping them. You're actually uh and you're you're an enabler. You're making the person have to depend on you. So as long as you keep saying yes and they can come to you for everything, they'll never stand on their own two feet. Even emotionally, like if you let somebody pull on you in a relationship emotionally so much, that's codependency. They never get to be strong. They never learn what it's like to, that, or that, or have the satisfaction to know that they actually could make it without you. You know how powerful it is. Let me tell you, love is saying no sometimes. I just want to stop right there. Love is about saying no and being disciplined and telling people you love no sometimes. Because let me tell you something, I'm so glad everybody that prayed for me, except for one person, two people, everybody that I knew would be praying for me and that was there for me emotionally has died. And when I tell you, I'm so glad that they helped to build me up to be the person I am today that I don't need them anymore because they're gone now and I can't run to them anymore, but I don't need them anymore. I don't need them to hold me up anymore. I have to be the strong one. I am because they would not coddle me in a way that was enabling. They love me enough just to strengthen me so that I could stand by myself and that's what, what you have to do even in a relationship. You may be with somebody who needs therapy, they've gone through a lot in their life, but you cannot let them drain you of everything you have. You, If you really love them, you want them to be whole, even without you. What if you, what if, God forbid, what if something happened to you? You wouldn't want them to crumble. Encourage that person, they have to get stronger. They have to get therapy, they have to get counseling. You know, let them do things on their own sometimes, you know. It's, 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 it's a delicate balance, but it's love to learn how to do that. Someone says, how do I stop loving people more than myself? You have to understand who you are first. You have to know your value first. And if you haven't built yourself up enough, you need to start building up yourself. when I say that, practically what I mean is you need to start giving yourself things to do, things to learn, things to be, things to rise to. Give yourself goals. Give yourself strategies. Give yourself plans for a future. Because as long as you don't have any of that in your life, you will see yourself as unlovable and wonder why anybody would love you. You see, and you have to learn how to protect your own heart and know that you have a good heart that needs protecting. Right. Because otherwise you keep giving, 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 giving your all to everybody who who you they don't qualify for that level of you. Someone says they've been dealing with somebody who said they wanted a serious relationship with them and now they're not ready, they're a bit insecure, and they're working on themselves. And and even though they, you know, they're starting to move on with a new job and everything, they still haven't been fixed at the heartbreak. Sometimes it's a matter of it takes time for you to do things over and over again to move past it but you got to allow yourself to stop dwelling on it your mind is like a tv you get to change the channel you get to decide what you dwell on and what you're going to skip okay just like your feed you can scroll or you can you can watch you don't you can't allow yourself to keep thinking Keep redirecting your mind to something else. It will change the pathways and start breaking off thoughts about um, that person. And then you can start, when you do think of that person, remember the negativity that they brought to your life. Remember the things that they did so that you don't go back, but then also redirect your mind to the things that you now can do because they're gone, because this person wasn't just a great person who up and left you one day this person is a person that probably was stressing you out and it's a good thing that they're gone Mm -hmm. I'm seeing some good stuff in the comments okay uh let's see what number were we on oh number five you lose relationships. You lose relationships because of their embarrassing behavior. Number five of the 12 signs your significant other needs therapy or they've had trauma is that you're losing relationships because of their embarrassing behavior. So what do you do? Do you dialogue? Do you discipline or you dissociate? What do you do? Put it in the chat. If somebody is making you lose relationships because of their embarrassing behavior, do you dialogue, discipline, or dissociate? Someone says, "I'll dialogue and then dissociate." Someone says, "Dissociation." so I said I said, also dissociate, okay. Um, what I would do first is I would dialogue and then look at their attitude. so it's a case by case basis. Is this person aware? Is it a social cue issue, you know, or how they were raised or a cultural issue? That can be just a a dialogue. you see? Because if if y'all come from different cultures, or they had a different upbringing or they don't understand the social cues And they're doing things and it's not on purpose. It's not because they have an attitude problem It's just because they're different from you and and it's embarrassing in in your culture Maybe it's not embarrassing in theirs. So that's different. But when I talk about in this instance Embarrassing behavior. I mean, you know, they're vulgar they have a bad attitude they talk down to people they're drunk they're you know all of those things that type of stuff that's a that's a dissociate because if their attitude is i don't care this is me take it or leave it i'm not going to be fake blah 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 Mm -hmm. then that person has a core their core values are not the same as yours that's a deeper issue that's not a surface level issue that's a deep issue Okay, you're not aligned. You're gonna be like oil and water and that's probably just one of your problems. You probably have many problems with this person. Someone said, when you're on a mission, you don't have time to wait. Some can be corrected, but most won't. And I feel the same way, honestly. I tell you, when you get so focused on your purpose and your mission here, When somebody is pulling you down, distracting you, make it so you can't even do whatever it is you need to do in your life, sometimes it's best to just cut your losses when that person refuses to to better themselves. And when I say better, I don't mean better themselves in a trivial way. I'm not talking about somebody who don't want to go to college or something like that. I'm talking about somebody who is emotionally, mentally, spiritually bringing you down. They're damaging you, they're hurting you, they're making it so that you cannot be the person you need to be for yourself, for God, for your children, for your family, for your purpose. You you can't be that person because of them. And as much as you love them, you have to love them enough to say, I think you need some time to focus on you. And because maybe I'm a stumbling block for you and I need you to focus on yourself and get better, right? Uh, Number six, number six of the 12 things is they put strings attached to everything they do for you. Strings attached to everything they do for you. Is it a dialogue, discipline or dissociate? Strings attached. So they, if, if you ask them for something, they say, well, what are you going to do for me? Well, why, why, if I'm going to do that for you, you better be doing this type of thing. Mhm. Someone says, working to get back into alignment. It's work. I know I now will never lose track for someone else. Never. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do if a person has strings attached to everything they do for you? Are you going to discipline, dissociate, or dialogue? This is a tough one. Okay, so somebody said love holds no records. Someone says, I know my girlfriend needs therapy. I definitely don't need it. I wouldn't say that. Don't be so sure. Someone said dialogue. So what I said for a person who makes makes it so that they have strings attached to everything, I would say discipline is dialogue and discipline at first because um, this may be because of the way they grew up. Maybe the way they grew up, the people around them, were like that and that's how they're used to that dynamic they're used to everything being transactional and if they're going to be with you you need to show them that that is not how you envision the relationship is tit for tat tit for tat well if i bought you this um you buy me that or if you do this or you do that it's kind of hard it's really hard dealing with those types of people i wouldn't do it I wouldn't be with somebody like that um, because now, should you be in a one-sided relationship? No. Okay. If it starts to look one-sided, that's different. But a person who has to always feel like, um, you know, this person is distrusting of people in general. So what that means is that you probably can only have a certain level of them anyway. Do you get what I mean? and who knows what they've gone through for them to develop that personality type. Um, They probably will never really trust you and who knows if they may treat you a certain way because of that. I wouldn't wanna be with somebody who treated me like they had to keep me at arm's length constantly or that I owe them something for everything they, they do for me. You know, don't do that. It's a prison to be in that type of situation. I've known people who for years will keep doing things for somebody who did them a favor years ago. And that person keeps bringing it up and they feel like, well, I'm still doing this because they helped me out 20 years ago and it helped me so much. And now their whole life they feel like they have to keep helping that person. No, stop that. Maybe you met this person at a bad time in your life and you've been good to them like they were good to you, but you don't continue to have a using relationship with them where they feel like they keep pulling from you and keep taking from you because, well, remember when you, had, when you didn't have, I was there for you and now you owe them for the rest of your life? I would rethink that. Someone says, the person who said they think their girlfriend needs therapy, and, but they don't, said, I didn't grow up in a toxic environment, I feel bad for her, the trauma she tells me she went through. If you if you were here at the top of the hour, I was talking about um, just because you didn't go through a toxic environment, which that's relative, um, doesn't mean that you don't have trauma. There's inherited trauma, and then there's disordered thinking that comes from um brain lesions that you would never know about unless you know. Someone said, I will dissociate because they want to control you. Yes, they would want to control you. That's correct. And, 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 this other per, and the person goes on to say, my parents didn't go crazy and scream at me or destroy my things or be controlling. I feel really bad. See, don't do that. Don't do that. Cause that will deceive you. It's like a person who is 30 pounds overweight that doesn't think that they are overweight because they know someone who's 100 pounds overweight. You're comparing your childhood that may have been systematically traumatizing in a covert level to her very extreme traumatizing childhood. And you're saying, well, I didn't go through what she went through, so my childhood was not traumatizing. Don't do that. I've seen people do that. And for that reason, when they, they have problems, they don't even know why they have problems. Because they say, well, my parents didn't beat me. My parents didn't, weren't alcoholics. But yet you deal with anxiety all the time because your parents used to talk down to you. Or they used to criti- criticize you constantly. Or they just ignored you. Or they sent you away often and barely had any time for you. Don't say that your childhood wasn't traumatizing just because you weren't um, physically abused or molested or assaulted or something like that. So he, he went on to say, whenever I want to have an adult conversation with her, she loses her temper and screams and slam things. Yeah, don't. See, I I feel like you're in a toxic situation. You say right now that you didn't have a toxic childhood, but guess what, that relationship that you're in is traumatizing you right now and you may not realize it. Uh, He also says, I remember being a kid that whenever I was upset, I would talk to my mom and dad. That's good. Whenever my parents talked to me, they sat down and had a discussion with me. My parents were like Uncle Phil and Aunt Bib, that's good. and they said my parents gave me lots of love and attention that is good but understand listen they said I usually walk away from it and go for a walk it's traumatizing for my kids listen Han Hank okay Hank Hank listen you wouldn't be in a relationship with her if you weren't traumatized in childhood You wouldn't be with her because when a person is traumatized in some way or another, it may not have been things that your parents did to you. Listen, I want you to listen to this whole um, series, When You Get Time. It's LaBeau's Life Lessons. This is like maybe the fourth or fifth episode. Okay. I'm so glad you came on because this is very important. It may not have been that your parents abused you. There are certain things that we can go through in life in an early childhood, even before the age of three, that predispose us to creating a chaotic dynamic that reenacts things that happened in the past. And it may not have been anything that your parents did to you, it could have been things they did to each other. Or something that you've seen in life or haven't seen but is passed down to you neurologically that make it so that you feel you have to fix people. You're the fixer. And you become like that because of either having to be uh so, to take care of your siblings at an early age or take care of a parent who was sick or drunk or on drugs or disabled Again, see that's traumatizing you people don't see that as traumatizing But that's traumatizing for a child when a child has to be a caregiver when they're supposed to be being a child and then that child goes on and finds people to be in relationships that are damaged so that they can reenact fixing somebody and raising somebody. You had to, they had to, you had to raise your siblings so you go out and find somebody who has arrested development, who is immature, and keep trying to raise them. But see, when you are healed yourself, you will stop doing that. When you become healed, you will say, you know what, I'm in this relationship because I felt like I needed to fix people. Now I need to work on myself. Yes, when a, per- when a child um, is made a caregiver, it makes their maturity speed up, but at the same time, it also causes arrested development in certain ways. They can't adult. So he says, I started helping people when I was 20-ish. Yeah. That is not a love thing. That is a trauma thing. It makes you feel like you have to seek out and fix other people, no matter how much they damage you. And your children are learning from their mom. When they see how she acts, they're learning that. And they will do the same. Children don't do what we tell them to do. They do what they see us do. They do what they see us do all the time. That's what they're learning. It's called repetition. Okay, whether something is right or wrong, true or false, it will be accepted if it's seen over and over again. This is the reason why some people, even though they hated their... Alcoholic father, if they always saw an alcoholic father, they'd grow up to be an alcoholic father. He goes on to say, the mature thing is, I feel bad for some people. My first thing was helping a sibling, a teen mom. You see, all you have to do is dig a little. So that's the reason why you, you have this complex. Yeah. So Hank, you do you do need therapy. And your wife needs therapy as well. Okay. Number seven of the twelve signs, your spouse or significant other needs therapy is you become anxious over what people think. So before where you were a confident person, you start becoming self-conscious now. Someone says, I live with an alcoholic father. I felt like I always had to watch out for him and take care of him. So you know what happens when, when that happens? Is you grow up looking for broken men. Who need to be healed and fixed. Who need to be rescued. Right? Right? Um, But when you become anxious over what people think, mm -hmm, um, as a result of being in a relationship with them, what should you do? Dissociate dialogue or discipline? When that person causes you to be anxious, you're always overthinking now, you develop neuroses now. And listen, don't develop the mindset that just because you can see everybody else's problems doesn't mean that you don't need help too. Someone says, how do you stop overthinking? How do you stop overthinking? Well, this could be neurological. It's, it's all neurological, but this could be due to a chemical imbalance because of the, the neural pathways your brain created over because of trauma or because of just how you were born um, or it could be because of like i'm saying in this instance your brain started to over activate because of um, this person living you're probably walking on eggshells living with this person and it's making you overthink everything everything else now if this is a chemical issue that has nothing to do with something that actually happened in your life It could be because you have an overactive prefrontal cortex. And you can get help with that with medication. Someone said, my mom also had cancer and my older sister became my mom. Mm -hmm. Then your older sister is probably a fixer. Probably raising people, grown adults. Mm -hmm. So on number seven, I would say you dissociate, okay? And the reason why is because this this response is usually due to long-term emotional abuse. Long-term emotional abuse. So this person has you nervous and overthinking because they're constantly on attack. So you take that PTSD everywhere you go And so you always are looking for attack, 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 where? What did they mean? What did they say? Oh, why did they do that? Because you're criticizing yourself, replaying the things that they're saying now it's become your inner voice. And you can get that from your parents or bullies in school or whoever you're dating or your past relationship that you never healed from. And their voice becomes your inner voice. The things they projected onto you becomes your inner voice now. Now your brain is overreacting. I would say get away from anybody who verbally abuses you. That's not a dissociate, that means we need a timeout. You need to get better, and I need to get better. Okay. Number eight. Of the 12 signs your significant other needs therapy is you seek other narcissistic relationships because it's what you're used to you seek other narcissistic relationships because it's what you're used to so let's say you're with this person and you notice that you keep attracting narcissistic people like friends and business partners Now all of a sudden, why do you have all of these users and liars and manipulators in your life? Hmm? What do you do? Do you dialogue, discipline, or dissociate when you realize that you have now attracted a lot of toxic people into your life? Hmm? You dialogue, discipline, or dissociate? What do you do? Is this a tough one? Bingo, somebody said dissociate. You dissociate, you know why? Because if you're at the point, if you're at the point where now you're surrounded by them, that means you need deep therapy, you need time. You need to get away. And somebody said isolate too. Yes, you need, to get, you need to start cutting them off. I'm not saying ghost people. I'm saying tell them I need some time. I, I just want to let you know I'm going through something and I need some time. I'm okay. I just want to be a, alone and I'm, I'm not going to be out as much. And, you know, I still care about you, but I'm, I'm taking some time. Now reevaluate that relationship and get yourself some help. Because I I like to, I don't want to be gross, but I I just want to give you a visual. It's kind of like roaches, okay? If you leave leave out food, right? If you see a roach, there's going to be a hundred others that you don't see, right? And the more food you leave out is the more roaches, right? Okay, so when you start to clean up the food, then the roaches disappear, right? Because they don't have anything to eat. And what I'm saying is these people are feeding on your vulnerabilities in your life. And once you start cleaning yourself up, they're going to start disappearing. They're not even going to be able to stand you. They won't be around you. They're going to think that you're boring, you're a drag. They don't. They, they think you changed and all that. That's good. Let them go because they're only hanging around you for what they can get out of you. hmm Okay. Number nine, you develop bad habits like hoarding and drinking, overeating. Maybe you started popping pills or something like that. What do you do? Do you dialogue, do you discipline or dissociate when you start to develop bad habits in your relationship like hoarding, drinking, or overeating? Somebody said, cut the branches. Mhm. Mhm. Somebody said dialogue and more. What do you do if you start to develop bad habits like hoarding, drinking and overeating? Somebody said discipline. All right. I'm going to tell you this is a dissociate for me. My reasoning is because by the time you start to manifest bad habits, that means that you have developed a long-term codependent or traumatic relationship with this person. This means that you're bearing fruit now. That means that this has deep roots, and now you're starting to produce the negative effects of what's been put into you. What's been seeded and watered into you, which is negativity for so long, now you've developed habits out of it and compulsions out of it. And that relationship has, hit, what I said, is has deep roots in you. It's going to be hard, hard for you to let that person go. But that, when you start seeing yourself overeating and drinking and and pill popping and and smoking and doing all these things to try to escape out of your reality that means you're you're on the way down you're on a downward spiral and that person that you're holding on to is not going to be able to help you they're not going to be able to help you at all they're on their own downward spiral and that's why they're taking you down with you with them and that's how you know that you're in a toxic relationship because now you are the one that tried to bring them up. Now they're dragging you down. Now you're down there with them and y'all are sinking fast. If you can, cut it off. But most people won't be able to. Number 10. You develop issues. You develop health issues like chest pains and anxiety attacks. You've developed health issues like chest pains and anxiety attacks since you've been with them. Should you dialogue, discipline, or dissociate? Dialogue, discipline, or dissociate. Now you have panic attacks, chest pains. Mm-hmm. Someone says stronghold, uh-huh. Someone said dialogue. What do you do if you start to develop chest pains and anxiety attacks because you've been with them? Someone said dialogue, someone said dissociate. I'm gonna say dissociate because again, it's the same thing as developing the bad habits, the drinking, the smoking, the overeating, the pill popping or whatever it is you're doing. You're starting to manifest symptoms now, okay? The symptom is just an indicator that something is wrong but it's something that's really wrong okay that means that their behavior is stressing you out to the point that you're getting sick now so if it's at that point they need a lot of help and you're probably part of the problem because they have a codependent relationship with you and more reason not to change you know some people have to hit rock bottom and they have to lose you before they actually will change as long as you're sitting there taking it they're not going to change they don't see a reason because there's no consequence to their actions sometimes the best loving thing you can do for the person you're with is to leave them because it gives them a consequence strong enough to make them wake up and say i need help and as long as you keep sitting there they think oh well, it's not that bad because they haven't left me yet but when you leave them they're like wow they really love did i really do something that bad And then when you keep the door closed, they might be forced to get some help. Maybe, maybe not. But guess what? You're on to a path of healing now. Now you can actually heal. Okay. I really wish that you guys walk away with realizing that these people are not worth your life. You're not going to lay down your life for them like this. You're not going to let them stress you to death. Okay. Um, Number 11. You're made to feel useless and inadequate. You're made to feel useless and inadequate. This is an easy one. Dialogue, discipline, or dissociate. They, They try to make you feel like you're useless and you're inadequate. Now some of you are probably taking on the answer cuz you say, "Well, I am kind of useless." <laughs> no, what I'm saying is some of you feel like you 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 do feel inadequate. So maybe you feel like the person is uh justified in saying because you know you you know you're not doing your best or you know you're not the best version of yourself. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a person that regardless of whatever you do you are useless and inadequate in a in a way that's not recoverable. It's like you're 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 so stupid or you're so dumb you will never do this. You are always doing this right so i'm I'm not talking about a person who's saying hey i don't I don't like when you're doing this. You keep doing that, and this is not okay with me. No, I'm talking about a person who is projecting onto you and they're telling you. That you're you're nothing. You're never gonna be nothing. I hate you. You're so stupid. You're you're this. You're that. I'm gonna answer for you. It's a dissociate, okay? It's a dissociate. And even if you feel like, let me put it this way, okay? Um, whether they're the stumbling block or you're the stumbling block, you need to separate. You're not good for each other, and that's enough. That's enough. You don't have to wait for some big dramatic event to occur. If you're not good for each other, just let it go and let them heal and you get on the path to healing. Someone says, is that like them always finding a way to disagree or argue with almost everything you do or say? Mm, That's not necessarily the same, but it could be along those lines because if the person... Is disagreeing and arguing with you it usually means that y'all are not on the same level or y'all are not aligned in some way but I'm talking about a person that's a ab- verbally abusive someone else says projectors need darkness to show the picture hmm that's interesting I like that analogy someone says I gotta go thank you so much really appreciate it it's awesome mm-hmm okay number 12 Well, for number 11, I would dissociate. For number 12, and stick around, I have a bonus number three that maybe you never thought of before could be a sign that you're with somebody that you shouldn't be with. Um, That's a bonus, number 13. But here's number 12, fear of being the center of attention. You develop a fear of being the center of attention. I wonder why. Why? Would you discipline, dissociate, or dialogue? If you start to fear in this relationship, you fear being a center of attention, like on your birthday or when something's being celebrated for you, like you you know, something good is happening for you, and now you feel like, oh, don't make me the spotlight because you're worried about what's gonna be happening with them after after the fact. Should you dialogue, discipline, or dissociate? What would you do? You fear being a center of attention now. Before, you let people celebrate you, but not anymore. You can't take it. Someone said dialogue. See, I love being able to uncover the root of things with you guys because um, a lot of things look one way on the surface. Okay, if you have developed a fear of being a center of attention around that person, that is a sign that that person is secretly envious of you and jealous of you. They don't like you getting the spotlight. And I wouldn't be with somebody like that. That's a dissociate for me. Because if you can't handle me being in the spotlight and it's because you're envious and jealous of me, that means that you're doing and saying things behind my back and, and scheming, and you can't really be happy for me. You're talking trash about me to your relatives, to your friends, to your coworkers, See, you don't know who you are to the people who know them. See, some of y'all don't even realize why that person's family doesn't like you and you didn't do anything. They're talking trash about you when you're not around. They talk about you to their family, and that's why the family doesn't like you. The coworkers don't like you because they're talking stuff about you because they are secretly envious. And one of the biggest things I dropped in one of my lessons on envy is that the sex does not matter. A man can be jealous of a woman, a woman can be jealous of a man, okay? And a person can be jealous of you and sleep with you every night. They can be jealous of you and talk trash about you. You can be doing everything for them. You could be taking care of them in your household, supporting them, loving them, trying to inspire and motivate them, and they will go and tell the the mistress uh, she don't let me be a man. She's always um, emasculating me because they're jealous of your success. You see, so when somebody is jealous of you, that's a dissociate. You, if you think that that's okay to let slide under the radar, you are seriously wrong, because when you don't correct envy and you and you ignore that, soon. Everybody in your life is not gonna like you, and you're gonna wonder where have all your friends gone? And it was because of them. They've been sabotaging you. And if you want a, a really deep uh, to really deep dive into envy, go back and look at that lesson, because I, I show you how somebody's little envy, a little jealousy of you, can turn into a ruined life because they have fixated on you and they are relentless about sabotaging people's perception of you so never be with somebody that's jealous of you okay finally let me give you a bonus and just to let you you guys know i have a book club that i started we are the first book that we're talking about is the brain that changes itself by dr norman Deutsch. i love that book so far and um if you want to see my reading list it's almost 200 books this year um, on my TikTok page, I have, you just got to scroll down a little bit, I have my uh, reading list. And you can read all the books that I'm reading and read with me. And I'm gonna I'm doing that book club live every first and third Monday of the month. And then also I'm doing a, a Bible study every Saturday, going live 8, 8, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. I'm going to try to keep that. And, um, yeah, so that's a little plug. Now, finally, let's close with this. Now, this is a little thing you you may have never associated with a bad relationship. And just to let you know, after this next week, we're going to start going into the five common traits of inherited trauma. And I'm going to describe five different types of people that, and it may be you, it may be people you know, but I'm going to go so into depth on them and I'm going to expose their whole character. Okay? So that's next week. Still, we're still talking about inherited trauma. All right. Number 13, a sign that the person that you are with, the sign that the person you are with needs therapy is you have memory loss. You have memory loss. Somebody said, you're so beautiful. Why do you act like you're 65? A few reasons number one I'm actually on the autism spectrum people who are autistic typically don't act their age and the second reason is because since I was 15 years old I've been praying for wisdom beyond my years so what God did is he gave me a hunger for knowledge so I've been reading 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 books since I was in junior high school and I'm just um, a book nerd so I just like learning and so that's something that I wanted in my life I wanted to learn so a sign you're with somebody who needs therapy is they they have caused you to have memory loss so you, you say how in the world can someone cause you to have memory loss here's how the hippo, hippocampus is it's in your temporal lobe it's about this big and it plays a major role in memory now your brain stores memory in many different parts of your brain your brain is miraculous and if you read that book i told you about the brain that changes itself you'll you'll learn to love it and be fascinated the hippocampus is where you, a lot of your memory long-term memory is okay so what happens is when you have a lot of stress it causes high levels of what's called glucocorticoids and that is a hormone that kills the cell in the cells in the hippocampus okay so when the cells are damaged in the hippocampus, it causes your hippocampus to shrink. So as the hippocampus is shrinking, you're losing your ability to store long-term memory. So let's say if you are a child and you are dealing with lots of stress, a child that's dealing with a lot of stress at home can't retain stuff they learn in school. They can't retain stuff they learn. They do bad in class because they can't remember anything the teacher said. That's why they always say, Something must be going on at home because the kid is doing bad in school. Yes, the kid can't remember anything because they have chaos at home, okay? All right, so anyway, the hippocampus starts to shrink, okay? And that comes from long-term persistent neglect or abuse. So whether you have a spouse or significant other that abuses you physically or emotionally or if they just ignore you, they withhold love from you, that is damaging to the cells in your hippocampus. And what happens is that means that you can't remember stuff. You start having brain fog. You start having mom brain. You can't remember where you did this or did what did I where did I put that or what's the word for that or I don't remember what happened. People say what did you do over the weekend? Uh, I don't remember. You start to go to the doctor, you're like, I have a memory loss problem, and the doctor gives you antidepressants, and you're like, why are they giving me antidepressants when I can't remember things? You know why? Because antidepressants actually restore the cells in your hippocampus. Because the doctor knows you're stressed out, and your hippocampus is shrinking. So what he's doing is giving you the medicine that's going to bring your cells back, okay? And what happens is also that if you're a child and you go through a lot of stress, you know what it makes you grow up with? Stress-related illnesses like heart disease, irritable bowel syndrome, tension headaches, high blood pressure, I'm sorry, high blood sugar, Alzheimer's, depression, and insomnia. So some of you wondering why you have insomnia right now, this may be the cause. Okay, so basically, stress kills your memory centers, and that's according to Dr. Norman Deutsch. So be vigilant about reducing your stress levels because it's killing your memory. It could cause you to have Alzheimer's in the future, especially if you're drinking. If you're drinking, and going through stress forget about it your brain is going to be gone when you get in your when you get let me tell you something when you get in your old age you won't be able to remember a thing drinking plus high stress over years your your hippocampus is going to be this small and you better pray to god that you have people in your life that care about you because you, will, you won't be able to hold a job, you won't be able to take care of yourself, you're gonna need very sympathetic and empathetic people in your life if you have a memory problem, especially if you get it in your 50s and 60s, that's not good. So even more reasons, y'all, to dissociate from stressful people, it doesn't mean you don't love them. Again, let me just remind you that sometimes Dissociating from the person is loving them you're loving them into the direction of healing because they need to let go of you so they can realize they have an issue and they won't cut the cord sometimes you got to cut it all right so with that being said we're going to close it out this episode is going to be available later on tonight and listen to the other episodes. Go to LaboseLifeLessons.com if you want to see some other episodes. And uh, I will catch you guys next time. Remember, you can change if you really want to. See ya.